Thank you so much for this morning. We thank you for each and every soul in here. Father God, as um, the Moro Bay Presbyterian Church is worshiping now, Father God, and as they're missing their lead pastor, Father God, that you would bring a peace that is so undeniable upon that congregation. Lord, and in this family, and Lord God, that your peace would be upon us here today as you pour out your spirit, Lord, and that as we rest in that, and as we find hope in that, as we find healing in that, Lord, that um, whatever we have gone on this week, um, there might have been a lot of family things going on or other things going on in our lives, Lord God, that we may lay it all aside and we may receive your word here today. We love you. We praise you. In Jesus' name, amen. amen. Well, good morning, everybody. Good morning. I'm so glad to be with you here this morning. How many of you are stuffed to the brim? <laughs> yeah, same here. I, you know, I had a great Thanksgiving week. My kids who were off in college, one's in Missouri, one's in Arizona, and they um, both got to fly in for a few days, and it was just really great. My daughter's a good cook, which I don't know where she gets that from. So, uh, <laughs> so she cooked the whole time she was here, so I pretty much started eating when she got here. And then when we dropped her off at the air, airport last night, um, there was this place called the Ribline in San Louis that I had never been to. It was like out on the way. I don't know if you've been there, but oh my goodness, that was good. And so I just continued eating. So I don't know about you, but I say we just carry it on until Christmas. It'll be good. <laughs> maybe not. Maybe not so good. So we hope you enjoyed your Thanksgiving, and we're so glad that you're here with us here this morning. And so I have a question for you as we get started here today is what does love look like from your perspective? And not only that, but how are we called into it? How are we called into love? You see, Jesus loves everyone, every single one of us. Each human on earth is known and loved by God. Jesus loved and loves the marginalized people, these diseased people, and those pushed to the outside. He loved people who followed him and those who shunned him. Because he loves us, we are called to love as he does. We are called in scripture to love one another. Is it easy? No. <laughs> yeah, we can giggle because it's not. Yeah. But he has called us to love, which means if he's commanded us to do it, that we are capable of doing so. And so in 1 Corinthians 13, 7, we hear this. Love that loves its neighbor does not seek its own. And love bears all things, believes all things, hopes all things, endures all things, and love never fails. Now, when we hear the, the word that love bears all things. That word bears, if we were to look it up in the Greek, it, it's pronounced this, stego. And so it literally means that love is a thatch roof. Love is a roof that protects. Love 
it actually makes itself a cover and absorbs the fury and the fire to protect and bring healing to the vulnerable. And so maybe this is a question too for you here today. Could we be vulnerable enough with one another to advocate for someone else's interests? And so for our scripture today, we're going to see this. We're going to see what this looks like. And so we see this selfless love that's demonstrated by a group of friends who courageously lowering their friend through a roof in order to bring him healing. And so our scripture today is found in Mark chapter 2, verses 1 through 12. And we'll have it on the screens for you there, and I'll read it to you also. And so it goes like this. A few days later, when Jesus entered Capernaum, the people heard that he had come home. And so, so many gathered that there was no room left, not even, even on the outside of the door. And so he preached the word to them. And some, some men came, bringing to him a paralytic, carried by four of them. Now, since they could not get to him, they could not get to Jesus, because of all the large crowds, they made an opening in the roof above Jesus, and after digging through it, they lowered the mat the paralyzed man was lying on. Now, when Jesus saw their faith, the faith of their friends, he said to the paralytic, son, your sins are forgiven. Now, some teachers of the law were sitting there thinking to themselves, why does this fellow talk like that? He's blaspheming. Who can forgive sins but God alone? Now immediately, Jesus knew in his spirit that this, is was, this was what they were thinking in their hearts. And so he says this to them. Why are you thinking these things? Which is easier to say to the paralytic, your sins are forgiven? Or to say, get up, take your mat, and walk. But that you may know that the Son of Man has authority on earth to forgive sins. So he said to the paralytic, I tell you, get up, take your mat, and go home. And so the man, he got up, he took his mat, and he walked out in full view of them all. And so this amazed everyone, and they praised God, saying, We have never seen anything like this. This is God's word for us here this morning. So I want you to think now of the friends of the paralyzed man that had to carry him. Paul said this. Paul said for us to bear one another's burdens and so fulfill the law of Christ in Galatians 6.1. And sometimes, I don't know about you, but sometimes our burdens of our friends, uh, sometimes the burdens are our friends' troubles and our problems. And so it is love that calls us to action. And, and maybe at times we just need to lend a hand. Maybe at times we need to carry, carry an entire load. Maybe there is even times that we need to fully just carry them along like we heard here today with the four four friends that carried their friend on the mat. 
And sometimes the load is great enough that, it, it, and it is. I don't know if you found this true in your life too. When you're loving a friend, when you're being vulnerable enough to be a part of their life and you're being vulnerable, but their load is so heavy that you must enlist others to help you to get the, through that season. And so here we see those four friends had to work together. So they had to work together to carry their friend to Jesus. And so the next step of getting their friend to Jesus was interesting because what you see here is uh, back then when, the para- when people were paralyzed, they placed them on mats, kind of like a large blanket, but it was kind of heavy. And so wherever they were living, they would place the paralyzed man on the mat and then they would take several people, like four people or more, to carry them and they would place them every day in front of the city gates. And so as they placed it in front of the city gates, they would put co- you know, uh, cans out and they would beg and then people would toss coins onto their mat. So their friend ha- friends had to go across the town to pick up their paralyzed friend and grab, and grab him on the mat and carry them through all the jostle of the crowd. And when they got to the house, what did they realize? That the house was full. So now they had to climb with a guy wrapped in his bedding. Now, it's very interesting with a guy wrapped in his bedding that guy was fully aware that they were climbing now up on the roof. He had to have a lot of trust in his friends, didn't he? Yeah, I don't know about you, but I'm not going to get in a blanket and have some friends from me on the roof. <laughs> and so here he is trusting his friends, and then they get, and they get to the top of the roof, and they begin to dig. And as they begin to dig, you have to know what the roofs are. Like we don't, they didn't have comp roofs or tile roofs like we do today. They were kind of this roof that was made out of like this mud clay mixture with branches. But it was heavy. It was dried. And it was done. And so as they began, they had to push their way through that roof. And then inside of that room were all the religious leaders of the day. That's who got the first seats for Jesus. Sound familiar? So there they were, all listening to Jesus as Jesus was preaching. And then all of a sudden, they hear this crash, crash, crash. And then the, the dirt started falling down. And the, the, and the um, what do you call them, the um, twigs started falling down all around them. And so here we go. They didn't just make a small hole to peek their eyes in to see, like, hey, Jesus, can you heal our friend? They made a man-sized hole. Such was their love for their friend and their confidence in Jesus, this power and their willingness to help, that they would interrupt his discussions with the local theologians by coming right through the roof. Now, if they were wrong, if they were wrong, if these guys were wrong, they would be like the biggest laughingstocks in town. Like, what were these guys thinking? He busted my roof open, blah, blah, blah. Could you hear it? Thinking that they were going to lower a friend. Look at all the trauma they could have caused him, blah, blah, blah. And if Jesus disapproves of this at all, their paralyzed friend, I mean, really would be like a human pinata just swinging in the room up there, you know, of some strangers surrounded by this entire leadership of their religious community. You almost can see their sweaty faces looking expectantly at Jesus as they lowered him down. And then in verse 5, it says, when Jesus saw their faith, he said to the paralytic, son, your sins are forgiven. Now that is just amazing. It was the faith of their friends. And so, but, it, but here's a second point. So this, there's two things here. 
Jesus forgave the man's sins right away because no matter how sick we are, whatever physical elements that we have, our sin is always more profound. See, Jesus started with the inner healing of the heart, but he didn't stop there. He then commanded the man to get up, take his mat, and walk. Why? So those resistant religious leaders could see that he had the authority of God not only to heal bodies, but also to forgive sins. We want what is external. That is just our natural tendency. That is just our humanness. Lord, heal me. Heal me of this cold. Heal me of my ache and my knee. Heal me of this. But what the Lord is, Jesus goes after the internal. We want what is seen, but Jesus goes after what is unseen. But So did, did he want the man to walk? Absolutely. Jesus cares about him. He wanted him to be healed and to walk. Did he go after the healing of the heart? Fundamentally, yes, he did. And so the nature of Jesus is Jesus never changes. He always heals. He always redeems. He always restores. And here, but it's up to us. And so our role is to come to him. When we reach our moment of desperate brokenness, no longer denying our sickness of our heart and our minds, we will do whatever it takes to get well. When we've come to that place, how many of you have come to that place? That place of like, I can't do this on my own, Lord. And all Jesus is like, I'm waiting here for you to just say it. Because he's not going to force himself upon you. He's never going to do that. That's not his character. It's not his deity. It's not who Jesus is. But it's when we get to that place of just utter like despair that we cannot do this on our own. As we need, God bless you, Bob. But uh, you know that we need a savior. And so there we will behold his face and we will hear his voice and we will receive his healing touch. And so secondly, so that's the first thing, but secondly, how incredible was the faith of those friends? That their trust in who they knew Jesus to be and their selfless love to bear. Remember, to bear, like we heard earlier in the Greek, is to be a thatch roof, to protect him at all costs, to protect his friend, to protect their friend. So this text is a wonderful example of how we are to love. The paralytic, paralytic friend's perspective was to love no matter what was going to cost, no matter if they were going to be the laughing stocks, no matter anything, anything, they were going to do it. They were selfless in their approach, which is rare. Do you agree? It's rare in what we see today in our world. We, we rarely see love out of just a selfless thing. Like, I don't want any accolades for this. I don't want any postings of this on my Instagram because I've done this and this and this and this. It's just a selfless thing. It's just giving without, like God says, to give to, to, be, to be love and don't let the right hand know what the left hand is doing. And so our interests have to be invested in the interests of our vulnerable neighbors, not just about us or what. Our society becomes dangerously narcissistic and that scares me. And so here are some thoughts on how I believe that we are called into love. Love risks itself into a roof, not to protect self-interest, 
but to stand up for the interests of the vulnerable. Love provides a story of hope and healing. Love, this is a big one, love invites all people to the table. There's no exclusions. Love reaches over walls. Love forgives and seeks to pursue peace. Because when you are making your interests about the interests of others, we're always wondering, like, how can I be fulfilled? Do you ever have that question? Like, what, what, what is fulfilling in life? This is what fulfills you in life. When you make the interest not about yourself, but about others, you become richly invested in life. And so I know this guy that does it well. And so have you ever heard about a guy named Bob Goff? His name is Bob Goff. He's wrote two books. He is amazing. He's wrote Love Does and, Love, and Everybody Always. He is a diplomat, United States diplomat, an honorary counsel for the Republic of Uganda because of his work Love Does in, there in Uganda, a nonprofit which promotes human rights and education for the children. He is also not only in Uganda, he also has the um, organizations in Iraq that works with war victims, um, Nepal, Somalia, and India. And everywhere he goes, he brings balloons. <laughs> so he is just an amazing just expression of love. And so he, uh, in his second book, Everybody Always, he talks about how to love everyone that God places in our past and what it looks like to show love in action. So in the very first chapter, in chapter one, guess what the title of chapter one is? If you know Bob, it doesn't surprise you. The title of chapter one is Love Creepy People. <laughs> and he talks about it in the whole chapter, and it's so, so him. But, it, but basically what he's saying is we are to love all people, difficult people, and creepy people included, because guess what? Look in the mirror. You're one of them. You know, and so that's how it goes on. And he tells us this whole story. And so this is what he says. This is Bob Goff in Creepy People, chapter one. He says this, God's end game has always been the same. He wants our hearts to be his. He wants us to love the people near us and love the people we've kept far away. And to do this, he wants us to live without fear. We don't need to use our opinions to make our insecurities anymore. Instead, God wants us to grow love in our hearts and then cultivate it by the acre in the world. We'll become in our lives what we do with our love. Did you hear that? I love that. We will become in our lives what we do with our love. So those who are becoming love, don't throw people off roofs. They lower people through them instead. So, we don't walk in fear. We walk in confidence in the unchanging one in whom we place our trust. Those four friends, they walked in confidence in who they knew Jesus to be. 
And did you notice that they had this, um, that it's kind of, the, there's an action in that statement that we're called in. It's diving in with this reckless abandonment of oneself to love in a deep way that the world will take notice. And so I'm thinking, I'm like, this week, I was like, okay, what story, what story, what kind of thing that can just solidify this whole statement of love? And I thought, wait, this is simple. This is Highlands. This is what we do here. If you're new here at Highlands, you're going to discover this is what we do. We love people in this community with reckless abandonment. We love creepy people. We love difficult people. We love people who look like us. We love people who don't look like us. We love just because we just want to love you, you know? And we see that in all different ways that is throughout the year. I mean, we saw it last week or last couple weeks when we did the smash out hunger in the schools with the kids where we came into their schools. We were making them a little uncomfortable. I mean, Jane Miller, the principal is like, oh no, she's here again. You know, and so here we are just stepping right into their space saying, but they're hungry people right here in your community and you can make a difference. Telling the students that, and they did. They caught a hold of that vision and they made a difference. I think we wrote a check to, for $1,100 to um, Loaves and Fishes this week, not Highlands, sixth, seventh, and eighth graders provided that. That's crazy. And then, and then um, beyond that, you'll see that picture, if you can show the picture up there of what we just did with Veterans Day. So we honored the veterans, and there was a beautiful service. And so what happened there was th- this at the cross. Here's Pastor James praying over the people, showing love in action over the veterans here in our congregation and around our community. And then you also have another opportunity that we're in a place in front of you. We heard it from the chicken, I mean, no, wait, the turkey. He's not a chicken. That guy was a turkey. So it was a turkey in the cook. Um, We heard it from them, I think. And so that you today on the tree, as you leave here today, we have partnered with um, The Link, which is a family advocacy advocacy group here in um, Pastor Robles and also the Department of Social Services here in Pastor Robles. And And they have come up with these tags. And on each tag is a child. Some of the tags have more than one child if you want to take more. And um, it has an entire family. Some just have one. But that's what we're going to do this year. Instead of the Operation Christmas Child, our missions committee has voted on to, we'll do a global one year and then we'll do a local. So Highlands Church, you have the opportunity to show love in action, to help the vulnerable, to help the marginalized right here in our own community. You can grab that today and we'll keep replenishing it in the next couple weeks as we um, head into this Advent season. So this is Highlands. I don't have any other way to explain it but that. And so God is not required to operate within the limits of our humanity. He doesn't need us, y'all. He can do all this by himself but he chooses to use us. And so he uses us to demonstrate his love, to be vulnerable enough to advocate for others, to bear one another's pain, to be that thatch roof for your neighbor. So when we listen and begin to understand each other, we begin to find common ground. Have you ever done that with somebody that you're like, well, we don't really have anything come look at, they look different than I do. How am I supposed to love this person? And then you begin to listen to them and you begin to listen to your story and you find like, hey, we're not that much different at all. 
And so we can love. And that's how we grow. And along the way, we will probably find some core issues within ourselves that Jesus is showing us and healing us. And that we need is that we found that forgiveness, right? Just like that man on that mat. The first thing that Jesus did was forgive his sins. That's the first thing is the forgiveness of our Savior, Lord Jesus Christ, that comes only from him. And so may the Lord teach us to love well. Let us pray. Father God, I thank you so much for your message here today. I thank you for your word, Lord, that your word about these, the story that you told that is real and it's true and it happened of these four friends who did whatever it took to lower their friends, to be healed, number one of its sins, but to be a physical healing, a manifestation of your love in his life, Father God. And so we thank you for their example, like how we too are called to love our, our neighbors, to be vulnerable, to, be, to listen, to not pass judgment, to not look for any accolades in that love that we do, just to live free. Father God. And so I just pray, Lord God, that we understand that that love comes from you. As your, it says in John 3.16, that God so loved the world that he gave his one and only son, that whoever believes in him shall not perish, but have everlasting life. And so, Lord, as we receive that love and we walk in that love and we demonstrate that love and we give it away, Lord, I just ask that you would just be with us, Lord, every moment of every day. We love you and we praise you. In Jesus' name, amen.